Hello, I'm Tatiana Antonelli, and you're listening to Forward Talks by Gombuk, a podcast about moving towards sustainability in our region and beyond. A big thanks to our partner, Our Space, the first co-working community designed to connect humans with nature. Find out more at ourspace.org. We often talk about reducing waste at source, but what about the other end of that chain? The landfills we hear about but rarely see. Our guest today moved to Dubai 10 years ago with a very specific idea targeted at the sustainability of the UAE landfills. I come from Canada. We lived in Toronto. In Toronto, the waste that was going to the landfills, uh, they were uh, degassing them and they were using the gas to generate power. And our first uh, impression here when we moved uh, 10 years ago, we thought they're not doing this here. There's, you know, it was more more uh, dump site strategy. So we've worked with Dubai Municipality. They've supported us uh, in this initiative and they're our basically partner. We built and um, developed the first landfill gas to energy project in the Middle East. Largest landfill in uh, Dubai, it's the Kusais landfill. It's on the border of Sharjah. It's that uh, nice mountain that you see off of 311. And uh, the potential that this landfill has in the region to provide renewable energy and sustainable baseload power to the grid is just huge. And hopefully with phase two, um, now out uh, and been publicized in a tender with Dubai Municipality, hopefully with phase two, this can actually happen. For people who don't understand or don't know much about how landfills work and how you can degas a landfill, could you explain a bit better the process? Landfills generate gas from the decomposition of the organic portion. And our organic waste that's going to landfill here in this region is very high. It's closer to 60-65% than the 30-35% or that they announce because Organics is everything that's carbon-based. So even the wood, the trees, the green waste, the textiles decomposes at different levels, and that generates gas. That gas is mostly uh, methane, CH4, and that methane is a greenhouse gas that contributes to global warming, equivalent to 28 times more harmful than CO2. So by degassing the landfill, you're capturing the gas. We have a, a network of pipes we've put in the ground, and we're able to capture 6,000 cubic meters an hour of gas. And right now, we are flaring this gas. So that means we're burning it and destroying the methane. This project is registered with the United Nations as a carbon reduction project, and we're reducing over 350,000 tons of CO2 equivalent a year, which is a large-scale CDM, Clean Development Mechanism, project. It's still not even half of what can be captured there because the landfill is growing at over 9,000 tons of waste a day. There are initiatives that are coming and there are projects that are coming up like the big waste-to-energy project that's being uh, implemented as we speak. It's in the final stages. It should start construction hopefully soon. Um, and it's targeted to be working by 2021. That is going to be taking between two and 5,000 tons of waste a day. But by 2021, how much waste will we be, be having? 
So it's important that each person that's listening to this podcast or each person that we talk to actually takes an initiative on their own because we are the ones that will make the change. We're pushing it to the government and telling the government they should make these, um, you know, implementations, they should, uh, they should do something. But what can they do other than tell us and then we have to do it? So it's up to us every time. It's a choice we make. So you started this seven years ago. This was developed by um, Green Energy Solutions, and I'm a founding partner and member of Green Energy. And we developed the project ourselves with my husband, and we've worked it more like 10 years ago, but we've been generating power for seven years. When you say generating power, because you said you're flaring, but, and you will generate power later, but are you already generating? We're already generating power. So we, we are using a small portion of the gas to run our facility. So we are, um, we're not using diesel, uh, only during maintenance times, but we are supplying the power that the site is operating on, the uh, office, the Dubai Municipality Scale House, their office, everything. That power is supplied by the gas from the landfill. Of course, it's not... <laughs> 10 megawatts, it's not even a half of a megawatt, but a small portion of the gas is used to generate the power to make a self-sustaining and a sustainable site. So we're not using a diesel or a fossil fuel to run our operation. So why is this not done everywhere in all the other landfills? It's not that the region doesn't know that you can make power from landfill. They do know, but Maybe it was not done here. So we were the first one to actually come and take the risk and build this. So there are no other projects like this here. But there are many landfills in United States and Canada and South America and Europe and all over the world that are generating power from landfill. The other thing that's happening that doesn't happen here is it costs a lot of money to dump waste in a landfill everywhere else in the world except for here. If it's going to cost my pocket, then I'm going to think about it. If it costs me nothing to throw my garbage away, why should I even think about it? It's like when you tell your children, clean your room. If you don't clean your room, I'm going to take your telephone away or I'm going to not give you your allowance. That directly impacts their actions. So they clean their room. So Dubai Municipality actually has... Uh, started to implement these changes that will affect. There is uh, fees that are coming up to dumping on the landfill. It's nowhere near what it is in Europe. And uh, the landfills there are uh, degassed. And that gas generates power. And that power is connected to the grid. So it becomes a win-win situation. And as the landfills get older and the power starts to go down, because they're being degassed, they can be covered in solar or they can be used for alternative uses. In this region, when you have a dump site that's not a, an engineered landfill and it's not being degassed, it's a hostile environment emitting uh, harmful gases and you can't build anything on it. What is the average size of a landfill and how much energy does it give? Oh, so that's a little bit of a difficult question, but each million tons of municipal waste can generate uh, one megawatt. So Kusay's landfill has more than 50 million tons of waste. So there you go. 
Can you make 50 megawatts? No, because you can't capture 100% of the gas. But whatever, you can make a lot of power from this landfill. And what is the time frame? Because you said that slowly through the years, this power uh, slows down. Because it's a decay model. Yeah. So this table has organics. So this table will take many, many years to decompose, whereas your lunch will take a few days to decompose. So it's a specific modeling that's done with the waste characteristics, and it's specific to um, landfills. And through that, we calculate the uh, gas curve and how much gas we will generate over a period of 20 or 25 years. Phase four is a stable production of gas, and that's when the landfill is active. The landfill that we're working on right now is an active landfill, so it's in phase four. So that curve is not uh, existing right now. It's steady. If they close the landfill, it slowly will peak, and then it'll start to drop down. And over 10 or 15 years, it will drop down. But then again, 15 years is a huge amount of time when you think about how fast technology is growing and moving and developing. I believe that in the next 10 to 15 years, even the lower value gas from an older landfill that's only generating maybe 30% methane, they can still put those in engines and can still provide power. So it doesn't mean that the landfill project would stop or the gas will stop. The gas will not stop. Landfills generate gas for hundreds of years. Uh, is it usable for power? Um, after 20 years or 15 years, maybe not. But who's to say what happens in the next uh, 10 years? Understanding why something needs to be done requires us to understand the real harm caused by not taking those steps. In the case of degassing landfills, all of this is a good start, but these are small steps in comparison to the harmful effects of climate change and environmental damage. I don't like to say I'm an expert in anything, but I'm a global citizen and I'm concerned about the world that I live in. We only have one planet. There is no other place to go. Even though I would love to go to Mars, I don't think I'll make it. I like to tell a story. For example, when I say that we're reducing the impact of CO2 at 350,000 tons a year, if I tell you it's like taking 90,000 cars off the road, that makes a bigger impact. So it's the story that matters. Uh, why should a landfill be degassed? Because it's harming the environment. It's causing global warming. It's causing a change. We can see it here. We can feel it here. Three weeks ago, it was uh, cool and breezy. I've lived here for more than 10 years, and I haven't had an April or May where in the evening I would even think of wearing a, a jacket because it's always been so hot. Or even in Canada, where my um, uh, niece is visiting from, They had a lot of snow and then they had no snow and places that they do have snow, they had less snow. I mean, it's the world is changing. All of the uh, hurricanes and tornadoes and all of this is a direct result of what we are doing to our environment. When you are um, have the huge desalination plants here and all of the water is going uh, somewhere, it changes the ecosystem of the Gulf. And when you change the ecosystem of the Gulf, 11 years ago when I went swimming, I didn't see as many jellyfish as I see now. 
you see a lot of jellyfish because we've changed the ecosystem of the water. And all of these small things are making an impact. And if we, in our short period of time, are seeing changes, imagine over the long period of time how fast you will see those changes happening. What took 50 or 100 years to change is now taking 10 years to change. So that means 10 years from now, what's taking 10 years will only take one year to change. So what are we giving our grandchildren? When we choose to buy some food, like fast food, takeout food, and they put it in a box and the box goes in a bag and the bag goes in another bag, you can actually tell them, like McDonald's, for example, oh, I don't need that box or that bag, just give me the burger. But we don't think about it. If we do think about it, 10 people is 10 bags times 10 is 100 bags times, you know, it's all it's all um, small things exponentially makes a huge impact. It's really a breaking point of a huge disaster that we don't realize because we are a society that throws everything away. We don't want to fix anything. We don't want to, you know, why should I fix my uh, printer? It's not printing well because there's nobody that can fix it anymore. They tell you, they tell you, well, buy a new one. It's not worth it. So then where do I throw this? It ends up in a huge heap of waste that will never disappear. We're going to be judged in history by what we've done today. You gave us really impressive numbers on on waste, on how much we produce and how much these landfills are taking in. But it's also interesting to hear that there's a phase two to your project. So phase two is going to be generating power from this gas rather than flaring it. I mean, 6,000 cubic meters an hour of landfill gas, that is 58, 56% methane, can produce uh, between 10 and 12 megawatts of power. And that's 10 megawatts 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and it's baseload, which means it's stable and steady and really boring. It just goes to the grid and it's very, uh, it sounds very simple, not so simple, but it is basically simple. Different from solar power because solar power is alternating power. So it has peaks and it has valleys. Landfill doesn't because it's steady. It's always the gas is coming, it's generating power. You run a combustion engine and it just provides baseload power. The other difference is that we are actually a reduction. So we are reducing the impact uh, and we're reducing CO2. Uh, I think now we are on the uh, edge of the diving board to dive into this uh, new stage for UAE and especially for Dubai and for the whole region. And do you see yourself then moving towards um, other Emirates? Well, I see myself as uh, uh, hopefully leading the pack throughout the region. I'm targeting all landfills. All landfills need to be degassed and all of that gas can be utilized to generate power. I think it's an absolute uh, necessity and I think that uh, it's something that can uh, be part of the aggressive targets that have been set. When you announce that you want 75% from renewables, Landfill gas should be part of those renewables. It's not just solar or wind or like everything, everything. We all have to hold hands and support each other. To add to your story, we should also enable people and 
people should understand what is available, what are the infrastructures ready for us to also behave in the right way. Because you work in this field and you, I'm sure you've seen much more than we've all seen together, is it possible to recycle batteries here? Is it possible to recycle light bulbs here? been a challenge and the challenge is uh, a rewarding challenge because I've seen great change that's happened. So there are a lot of initiatives. With the initiatives there has to come incentives. There has to be things like recycling facilities that give you coupons. Uh, maybe they can't give you cash but they can give you a coupon that as they build up can be worth maybe a hundred dirhams at Carrefour by recycling your plastics. So it'll it's difficult to get everybody to install a system that can clean their water in their pipes. There has to be a way for it to be incentivized. Zero waste is thought comes only by being thoughtful. You have to be thoughtful of what's around you, what you're doing. I mean, we don't really need to have any plastic straws. We can drink from the cup. I mean, why? Fancy drinks with the fancy thing, like why? We don't need, we don't need that. We need to step back a little bit and look at history and actually stop throwing everything out just because it's old. We need to make the big corporations responsible for the people to become responsible. We live in a society and in a region that's very generous, and this is not going to change. So we're generous in everything that we do. The buffets are generous, the houses are generous, the people are generous in nature. But take that generosity and focus it in a more sustainable way. You uh, mentioned an interesting topic to reflect upon is zero waste reduction. Like you say, going back to the way our grandparents used to leave. They were never wasting anything. Nothing would be thrown. Uh, materials were reusable. And if you would break them, you could fix them. Now you can't fix anything. So I think the way future generations are, are going to get out of this wasteful way of living will be from the moment something is designed, it will be designed to be reused. It will be designed to be made with materials that can be infinitely be recycled and hopefully nothing will go anymore to landfills. The recycling facilities that are announcing and are opening should actually become responsible in their recycling and put out reports of how much they have recycled. There are facilities now that take the batteries and take all of these uh, electronic waste. How much are they taking? They've announced that they've opened, but really how much is going there? How much is actually happening? What is the impact that is happening I mean, we, we're all responsible for what we do. We have to show what our impact is. We now have uh, VAT, so we have to show that impact. So why don't I have to show the impact of the e-waste that I'm throwing out? What's happening to it? Is it actually being reused? Is it being refurbished? Is it going to a landfill somewhere else? Like I said, again, corporates need to be responsible in their actions, um, with me, I'm selling carbon credits to Norway. Why should I be selling my carbon credits to Norway? There should be an internal carbon market. There are a lot of uh, companies here that emit greenhouse gases. They should buy my carbon credits to bring balance into this country, to support the initiatives in this country. 
because carbon credits help me and help my business continue operations. I know that there are talks about an internal carbon market, but these are talks that need to have actions. The Ministry of Climate Change is doing great things. They're starting to um, develop new policies and there are new changes that are happening and I think that we're going to see it. I I really believe that uh, there is uh, a great momentum that is starting and it's through, uh, you know, initiatives like what, what you're doing bringing it out to the people, making it, uh, making everybody hear about it. This is what makes changes. If we can make 10 people that listen to this think a little bit, you know, that's 10 more people that can jump on our bandwagon and make a change. This is all we have for you on this episode of Forward Talks. You can find out more about the show and listen to all our episodes in your favorite podcast player or on the web at groombook.com. G-O-U-M-B-O-O-K. See you in two weeks.